When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, another edition of First and Pod on the night of the NFL schedule being released. First of all, we just want to thank you. Uh, the numbers for this thing continue to grow. So if you could do us a favor and uh, tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review. And I have to say, Pony, right off the bat, I feel tremendous shame. I was mocked all day today on my show. Uh, I have scooped the entire Bears schedule three years in a row. And a source dried up on me. And it was uh, shameful. And I'm embarrassed. Thankfully, my wife is out of town because I think she would look at me as less of a man. And then just to twist the proverbial knife, I had to see... You scooping the entire Steelers schedule. If I was a good friend, I would be happy for you. But I am petty, jealous, and competitive, as you know. So I am yeah. not. And your wife also called me handsome last weekend. So that just made things even worse. My wife did call you handsome. <laughs> that really did. That's true. That's true. I've just, it's, nothing's coming up me. No. Not great. All right. Congratulations so, on all of your success. You. Yes. So the plan here is that. We The assignment we gave each other was you've got the NFC teams and I've got the AFC teams and it's one schedule nugget for each team. Yes. So just so people get what we're trying to do, I'll start, right? Sure. The first team I'm going to give out is Baltimore. And so what I wanted to do with Baltimore was let me go to the end of the season because we haven't seen Lamar Jackson at the end of the year for the Ravens the past two years. So whether it's Lamar trying to help the Ravens keep up with Cincinnati, contend for a playoff spot in a very competitive AFC, or shit, if they're without him again and it's Tyler Huntley, here's what their final four games look like. Week 15 at Jacksonville. Week 16 at San Francisco. Week 17, Miami. Week 18, the Steelers. So three teams that made last year's playoffs, one Super Bowl contender on the road, and your arch-rival team at home, who went 9-8 and eight last year, by the way, and, and beat you uh, in Baltimore last season to make to basically keep themselves alive in the playoff race. So it is not an easy finish for Lamar and company, and... I just think that that's going to be the question that hangs over him all year. Is he going to play in this new offense? Is the style going to allow for him to get through the entire 18 weeks and 17 game schedule? And if he's there at the end, they've got tough games to finish it out. Does it make you want to take the under on them? Yes, it does. Okay. Yep. What okay. is that? Nine and a half? Uh, and a half? Yeah, I, I believe so. 
Yeah. I won't ask you follow-ups for all of it, and we can do gambling stuff on these teams as we get closer to the season. But sure. uh, that 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 felt like the analysis of an under better to me. Um, so I did some of it like that, and some of it, you know, you and I love to do some media stuff and just like what the league thinks of these teams. Yeah, and, I like that too. And there's there's drafting of teams kind of by these networks and all that. So the team that I think maybe was the most single most fascinating team from that perspective in the entire league is the Detroit Lions because they got picked to open the season. Mm-hmm. It is the arguably biggest crown jewel game of the entire slate. And I think I know what the league is doing. I think it's a small pivot that my guess is will become a trend that instead of doing marquee playoff rematch they just want aesthetically a pleasing game and the Super Bowl champ is enough of cachet and draw because they could have done Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl rematch they could have done Chiefs Bills they could have done Chiefs Bengals they could have done Chiefs Jets but when they go Chiefs Lions they know the game is going to be aesthetically pleasing because the Lions offense is awesome. Mm-hmm. And anybody, everybody will watch the NFL coming back anyway. And so then they get to like disperse the other Chiefs games to their other networks. Like CBS gets Chiefs Bills and Chiefs Bengals. ESPN got Chiefs Eagles. NBC gets Chiefs Jets in this game. The Fox gets Chiefs Bears. So they like spread it around without using a marquee playoff rematch in the opener and get ready for the networks to buy into the Lions, man. Four primetime games for Detroit plus Thanksgiving. So the networks are a believer in maybe they won't be a Super Bowl team, Mm -hmm. but that they'll score 30 a game and be a fun watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that we bring up about the Lions all year especially if they struggle, like, oh my God, the, the the schedule makers thought they had arrived, that they were here. They crowned them maybe too early. I could see that narrative going on for sure. I don't think they'll start one and six again, but like, did, did they put the cart before the horse kind of thinking with them? Uh, I also think that they've transitioned in the way they want to treat this opening game from here on out. I think last year having the Rams open with the Bills, they're looking back on that thinking, maybe we should make that first game a celebration of the team that won the championship. They get their rings, they hang a banner, however they want to do it. So let's make it a really competitive game, but let's also not put them in a spot where they've got to piss blood to win the opener, you know? Yep. So I think that's kind of trying to find that sweet spot. It's interesting. I have Kansas City as one of my next teams on my list, and you pretty much stole with that answer exactly what I had written down about them, which was, Kansas I apologize. City. No, it's it's perfect. Kansas City, who got the big games, was what I wrote down. And it was only one Fox game. They're only on Fox one time all year. And we were told before the schedule came out that the games were, quote, free agents. Right. And you were going to see some of these AFC teams end up on Fox more. That didn't happen with the Chiefs. It's your Bears, and that's it, in week three. Um, week four, Jets Sunday night football. And the matchup against Cincinnati, which might have been the most coveted game on the schedule, ended up in week 17 on CBS 
the Super Bowl matchup rematch is on uh, Monday Night Football, but it's an ABC game, which I think they did purposely to get that game on network television. Oh, see, because I think that's the most anticipated game. I, I, I would, and the fact that it ended up so, I'll, I'll jump yeah. to my, I'll jump to my Eagles because I thought I, when I saw that ESPN ABC got that game and it was an ABC game, I said that was the first pick in the draft. I thought that maybe that was something that ESPN, you know, they they paid up to get into the Super Bowl rotation. In, in what, two years, ABC gets a game. They paid up for Buck and Aikman. The fact that that game ended up on ESPN and they're putting it on ABC made me think that uh, that might have been like a Bob Iger special or something. And <laughs> that they, they got that game, number one. I mean, the Eagles schedule and the Chiefs schedule are, is, is both awesome. Super Bowl rematch, they're all over prime time. But as we just kind of piggyback each other on broadcast thoughts, if I had to guess... I'd say Chiefs-Eagles was the number one pick because they wanted to keep conditioning people to be watching these huge games on network television. Yeah, I thought maybe the Jets would be the other team with the yeah. Cowboys. There's a Jets-Cowboys game that I thought could have been, you That's know, a big one. bonanza. I thought that was going to be the Thanksgiving matchup. Instead, it's Cowboys and Commanders. But see, that's like my Lions-Chiefs theory is that we – so what I wrote down for Commanders is that's like the definition of a captive audience game. How in the world does Dan Snyder get rewarded (laughs) with Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys, like one of the five highest profile time slots in the entire NFL season? No one in the world wants to watch – the commanders play, but everyone in the world watches the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That could have been the Washington Huskies and we would watch this game. So yeah, uh, I thought that it was, the league is basically saying if we have you captive, like Thanksgiving, like the opener, we're not going to give you our best games. We're going to give our best games to our partners. Yeah. And, and so I will then get to the jets here. Cause I mentioned them. Yeah. Uh, they set them up for, national games at the beginning of the year. Everyone will be watching the Jets. But did they make the schedule too hard where this Aaron Rodgers thing now has a higher uh, level of or percentage of failing and the way they set the schedule up is going to cost them in the long run. It's Bills on Monday Night Football to start the season. Then it's at the Cowboys. Then it's Patriots-Jets. Then it's Jets hosting the Chiefs. Then it's Jets at Broncos. And then it's Eagles-Jets. Oh, Jesus. They might be favored in two of those games at best. Wow. That is a really tough start. (laughs) I know, dude. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four, five, six. They could be looking at one and five. Yeah, I mean, well, because there's I mean, no shot yeah, at six and yeah, Den- Denver's no not an easy place to play. Yeah, there's no shot at five and one. Absolute best case scenario, they're four and two, and one and five is absolutely on the board for them. Say it again without me interrupting. Bills, Buffalo's favored. Yeah, at the Cowboys, Patriots at home. Okay, Chiefs at home. 
at the Broncos hosting the Eagles. Yeah, you feel okay if you're three and three. That's tough. That's really tough. Um, those will be awesome games to watch, though. <laughs> that that will be amazing. Uh, let me po- let me post script the Commanders real quick. Yeah. Um, they're brutal, but four of their first six are Cardinals, Broncos, Bears, Falcons. So it they usually start brutal and finish pretty strong with Ron Rivera. If they can't start strong this year, he could be a first coach fired situation because that's a pretty easy that's a pretty easy early slate. Uh, I'll just jump on teams in high-profile spots early. Mike McCarthy could fall flat on his face in front of like 100 million-plus people through the first five games. Um, Sunday night football, week one against the Giants. Week two, Monday night football, as you mentioned, against Rodgers. Weeks three and four are the 325 window. Uh, Cardinals and then against Belichick, which will do a massive number. And then week five, they're back on Sunday night football against the Niners. It's not exactly a uh, controversial opinion that the Cowboys are America's team, America's darling, the network's darling for huge audiences, but they easily could do 20 million plus viewers in four of their first five games. And they get a ton of attention no matter what. But if you've got Belichick, the Niners, the Jets defense in three of your first five. If McCarthy stumbles early, he's going to have a ton of heat on him. Not only that, but Dak Prescott with his interceptions. Yep. That's another something that was another alarming statistic, the way he turned the ball over last year. And now with the coordinator change there, the play caller change, how is he going to respond to it? It's not, you're right. It's not like a, it's not a schedule of death. It's not like a first month like we just talked about with the Jets, but it's the the uh, the strobe light is always turned up. The heat lamp is always on the Cowboys, but those are high-profile games because of the markets the teams play in and who they're going up against, like Belichick and the New York teams. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, Sunday night, Monday night, Sunday night. Yeah. You know, as, as, as three of their first five. So, I found a team that I say, hot start team. Okay. I'm looking at this schedule and I'm thinking to myself, do they have a chance in one of these survivor pools to be the team you pick or to be the last undefeated team standing? And the team I went with this was Cincinnati. So here's what Cincinnati has to start the season. They open with Cleveland on the road and host Baltimore. So that's not the easiest start. It's two AFC North teams. One of them is on the road, and then they'll get Lamar Jackson in week two. Carolina at home after that. At Tennessee. At Arizona. Seattle at home. The bye. And then they finally have a big game where they go to San Francisco, which will be a tough one, and they'll be an underdog in that game. But I think they'll be favored in the first six games of their season. Last year, they got off to a slow start. They started 0-2. They lost to the Steelers and lost to uh, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys and then got white hot in the second half of the season and closed on a remarkable tear. This year, I think the exact opposite is going to happen. 
I, I see like the that. Knicks, I mean, oh, five and one. Well, so we were that. That's a good thing to track and to bet. Uh, we were, we were on them last year as a team that everybody was picking for the regression, and we didn't totally buy it because of their offense. This year, I feel like they are going to get a very healthy amount of respect. I'm interested to see if those lines feel inflated at all early in the season, because I think that most people, if they have any degree of football memory, will say that they're better than the the Bills and that they have passed them uh, as the second best team in the AFC. But yeah, that's a fun early start uh, for them. Only a two and a half point favorite in Cleveland week one, by the way. Oh, that's very disrespectful. <laughs> I just should tie up a few hundred dollars right now uh, in one of my gambling accounts. Um, so I was looking at this before I looked at strength of schedule. And then this was just like the eye test backing it up. Um, the Falcons schedule on paper is the easiest schedule in the league by far. And then it actually is the easiest schedule in the league, but then it's even like a little deeper than that. Uh, the Jaguars games in London. So that's one of the best teams on their schedule. Feels like that neutralizes it a little bit. Their toughest game is at the Jets, but it's like week 11 or 12. So we'll see if the if the Jets are as good or not. Um, and then they their opponent win percentage is just over 40 from last year. 41% win percentage, which is similar to a lot of the teams, obviously, in the NFC South. Panthers have an easy schedule on paper. Falcons have an easy schedule. Uh, Saints have an easy schedule on paper. But I, if you are a believer in, and we never know, first to worst and all that stuff, half the NFL playoff field turns over every year. We understand that. But the Falcons are going to be a super trendy team if you believe that Ritter can play. So like, if he looks good at all in the preseason – I think that they might be a team that you hammer their over on just based on the schedule. Over's already too high. It's eight and a half. It's already been baked in. So they got to win nine games to hit the over, which when I yeah. saw that number, it just was startling. It reminded me of last year when I said on our first season opening podcast, when we were previewing the season, I was like, I want to bet Washington because their schedule is so easy and the number just seems so inflated that the odds makers know something that I don't. And I get that same sense with Atlanta. You're right about the scheduling quirk when they get a game in London, which helps them, which gets me to Jacksonville to tie into that. Yeah. Jacksonville, number one, the AFC plays nine home games and the NFC plays nine road games. And then because of the London games, they only play seven road games because one of their London games, they're playing two London games in back-to-back weeks, but they're not both Jags home games. So I think Atlanta gave up a home game to play the Jags over there. They played the, play the Falcons and Bills in back-to-back weeks in England. So the Bills is the second London yes. game? Yes. That's such a big advantage for Jacksonville. Well, I know. So listen to this stretch. They play five straight weeks where they're either at home or in London. Home against Kansas City in week two. So that'll be a pretty big game right off, right off the bat there. Jackson that's the, that's the only Chiefs game, by the way, that isn't 
national TV, yep. national TV or 325 or 830 so, in the morning. Kansas City in week two at home. Yeah. Houston in week three at home. Atlanta in London. Then they stay in London and wait for the Bills to come over, followed by coming home to play Indianapolis. That is a gigantic advantage, dude. That is. Who do the who do the Bills have in week four before they go to London? Are they at least at home? That's or- a great question. I, I looked at their schedule, but I don't have that one committed to memory, but that's something worth looking up. I just I want like I wonder if they have a West Coast game or, or something ridiculous. They definitely don't have a bye. The buys don't start that early. So yeah, got, I think buys start in week five, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. but buy, buy start in week so so they, they have a get so games. Spencer, can you look up who the Bills have in week four? Please. So the Jags are going to play 10 home games or new, 10 home slash neutral site games, and they're in the worst division in football. How is that win total only nine and a half? Yeah, that's that's one to file away for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's just fun believing and betting on Trevor Lawrence. Dude's crazy exciting. So Miami at home. So not an easy game, but at least a home game. Yep. Before before they go, and at least an Eastern time zone game. So, all right, that's not that's probably about as good as you could have hoped for if you were Buffalo in that spot. Weird little quirk for the Saints. It and it, I know you're a Derek Carr guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously a dome team. Obviously a guy who's not known for having the strongest arm in the world. They have road games against New England, Green Bay, and Carolina all in the first two months of the season. They will play zero cold weather games this year, which feels like something that has mattered for them historically just based on how they build their team. And it's mattered for Carr. I don't think he's won a game in in freezing temperatures in his career. Like I think he – right, the below 40-degree thing, right, is a a big thing for Derek Carr. Exactly. So – like if you look at the like their road games are like late in the season is like at LA, at Tampa, and Atlanta. Like and then it's which obviously is just dome. And then they they have an at Minnesota, which is a dome. Mm-hmm. So they're they're all any game that potentially could have been sub forty degrees is a September or October game. So it'll be mild temperatures in New England, Green Bay, or Carolina. That's a good job by you to look that up. Because I'm going to definitely, I'm going to be thinking about that a lot when making up my decisions on what to bet on as far as these season bets. And that is a big, big, big uh, advantage for the Saints because Carr, I think the the neutral sites and the ideal weather conditions have always been something that has mattered in his splits. Yep. Uh, speaking of his, speaking of Carr, his old team. Vegas, I was looking this up. You want to talk about a shitty situation for them? When is their, quote, first home game, okay? So they open at Denver in week one. Then they go to Buffalo in week two. So they start technically on the road in back-to-back weeks. Week three, they're home openers against the Steelers. There is no way that that looks like a Raiders home game. No. Fans have been waiting since they moved there here to get to that game. They're champing at the bit for it. Like, of the things I had requested today, 
when are the Steelers in Vegas was the number one question I've been asked all week. So then week four, they're at the Chargers. That is their home opener. (laughs) The Raiders have their biggest fan base in LA. Right. And the Chargers draw flies. So they'll have 50,000 probably plus fans at that game in week four. And hopefully for their sake, they're not 0-3, which is definitely in play for them at Denver, at Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. That's awesome. Uh, that's the one thing, like, we went to Bears, Bears Raiders in Vegas. There were a ton of Bears fans. I didn't even go to the game. I just hung out with Derek Stevens at Circa, but Speaks was there if there were a ton of Bears fans. Uh, it's awesome that they're there. It, I The L.A. thing is cool for the new stadium and all that. But it does suck that there are multiple NFL teams with no home field advantage. It just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It feels like the Chargers thing, the the Raiders thing, and to some extent the Jaguars thing feels gimmicky. Cardinals too. Cardinals. Cardinals is another good one. Um, so NFC South, as I just keep going through here, Carolina, nothing really jumped out at me. Um Again, it's pretty easy based on strength of schedule, just with the the division and all that. Obviously, the huge thing will be when does Bryce Young start uh, and Andy Dalton. Like, if it's Dalton, he could have a New Orleans rematch uh, in week two. But I thought it was fun that Bears-Panthers got Thursday night football um, because of the trade, obviously, and – they did it in a really smart spot. November 9th, middle of the season. Got to figure Young's in there. Yep. They, they figure Young's in there. So Bryce Young against Justin Fields, like the decision that the Bears had will be presented in front of them. And there will be a ton of pressure on Fields to be better than him. And if Young is better, it will be amazing on both sides of, of the narrative coin. So... I just thought that that was like a really, really smart, like Thursday night games sometimes have a real tough time, like selling a narrative. They put kind of bad games there. Al Michaels complains about it. DJ Moore's return, the teams who made the trade, Bryce Young should be playing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like a really smart Thursday night game for November. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, some of the Thursday night games that I looked at, seemed better this year first blush like they actually made a conscious effort to get better matchups or at least teams that america will want to watch in those spots well you know the 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 new rules you can play on thursday more than once well yeah the steelers are doing that yeah so are the bears and you don't have to every team is not guaranteed a nationally televised game anymore Hmm. so i think that the that was the thing like the teams who had to get their one got stuck on thursday and now the teams that have absolutely nothing going for it, you know, like, like I mean, I, I can just do one now. I don't know if I just would do two in a row. Does Houston, does Houston have a primetime game? I don't know. I was in charge of the NFC. <laughs> um, but like, but like, so I'll do. I'll give you one. Like, the Cardinals do not. Okay. Right. So, so the the Cardinals, by the way, their schedule, man. Yeah, uh, give me the Cardinals here, quick. Then I'll do two in a row. Okay. Um. So, no national TV game. So, I wrote down three things for him. They play six playoff teams from last year in their first eight games when Kyler won't be there. You know, we don't know when Kyler comes back. And, you know, one of them's the Giants, so not the best teams in the world. But teams that were in the playoffs last year, six of the first eight, 
when we know Kyler won't be there, no national TV games. And then two of their last three games are road games in Philly, in Chicago. So the, the opposite of the Saints thing, yeah. it'll be freezing. So even if Kyler's back, he's playing in the cold. And obviously, you know, the Gannon thing will be a storyline for, for the Eagles game. But just by like warm weather team going to freezing cold temperature, small quarterback potentially coming off injury, it felt like a very tough break. Uh, for the Cardinals in terms of the sequencing. Or exactly game. what they want, because what's best in the end for them is to absolutely suck. Yeah, no, a, a, absolutely. At, right, that 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 is correct. I just thought, like, for, for, for sequencing purposes, like, if they are trying to win anything, which they shouldn't be, uh, that it felt like a pretty a pretty tough draw with weather and order. Spencer says that the, the Texans don't have a primetime game either. They have all uh, one o'clock noon games and then one four o'clock game. So I did, I'll do Houston and Indianapolis back to back here because it's thinking about the rookie quarterbacks like you were doing with Carolina. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess CJ Stroud starts week one. I think he goes out there. So here's, here's the way the Texan schedule starts. They go to Baltimore in week one. They're already the biggest underdog in the NFL in week one plus nine. Then they come home for the Colts in week two. Winnable game in D'Amico Ryans' opener as Texans coach. Then at Jacksonville. And then home for Pittsburgh. So it's not, not it's, it's a pretty, I think, fair start to the season. They play three teams with winning records from last year. Two are on the road. And the Indy game is at home in between, which is probably a good spot for Stroud to make his home debut against a team that's not going to overwhelm them defensively. Now, the next spot, Indy, the question I asked myself was, when does Richardson go in? Where on the schedule do I see him making his first start? I do not see Anthony Richardson starting week one. No. There's no pressure there. It's a new coach, Steichen. He just had a situation in Philly where even though – Hertz wasn't a first round pick. They didn't rush him his first year. He didn't start playing until very late in the year. So my guess is the Colts have a week 11 bye week in the first game out of that bye is week 12 and it's at home against the Buccaneers. I think that is a very soft landing spot for Richardson. So if you do that, you give him seven games at the end of the year. Tampa Bay at home, then it goes at Tennessee, at Cincinnati, and home again against the Steelers. Those are his first four games. That's my guess. I think Richardson gets in there in the second half of the season. I'd be and they brought Minshew in who knows the system too, Danny. If it was a coach on the hot seat, I think he might be pressured to play him. But I think they've got a long-term plan there in Indianapolis for Richardson. I mean, isn't he a prime candidate to sit the whole year? Yes, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll do it. I think in a perfect world he will, but I think they'll get antsy and they'll want to see something from him before this season is over. I I think that'll be the type of thing that they will feel pressure to do it. But the best thing for that kid would be them to win like two of their first four games. Yep, and just and just buy him some time. 
And, you know, we'll see how he looks in preseason and they'll know if he's overwhelmed with the offense and the jump and all of that stuff. But he seems like a prime candidate to, to sit. I mean, I went through it with Trubisky, man. They wanted him to sit. They gave Mike Glennon $19, $18 million to sit him. And then he led the league in turnovers through four games. So they put, it's like enough is enough. We can't do this anymore. It's yeah, too and, tough to watch. And, but it it really damaged Mitch. And I don't think that there was anything that was going to salvage him. But yeah. I mean, that was he was not ready to play. And they played him because of the pressure. Um, and, you know, John Fox was a lame duck coach and they're going to feel pressure with Ballard and all of that. But it, it definitely hurt Trubisky and playing him too early uh, might hurt Richardson. So I mentioned the Bears. May as well do them here, I guess. A um, couple things. They they bookend with the Packers. Week one, week 18. Usually the Bears are like good for a minute. Bears-Vikings in week 18. I hate ending with the Packers. Because these are the teams that are picked third and fourth in the division. So there's a very, very good chance that it means nothing. And then I don't know if I agree with very good chance, but I get what you're saying. And and then like like, right, I know I know. Listen, I think the Bears are an over team. You think you think they're a way over team. There's seven teams that make it. The NFC is weak. I'm absolutely hopeful that that's a wild card game, but they are not a deep team. One or two things goes wrong. The wrong guy gets hurt. The Bears Mm -hmm. easily could be a seven win team, and that game. And Bears fans were saying to me today, there's no such thing as a meaningless Bears-Packers game. Well, okay. But like if 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 you have if you're seven and nine and they're five and eleven, that's meaningless. That, that game's getting the fourth team on Fox and no one cares because everyone's yeah. looking at yeah, Jonathan Vilma's coming to your stadium. Yeah, right. Conversely, week one. Bears Packers in the 325 window on Fox with Burkhardt and Olsen coming at Soldier Field where the Bears are going to be a real favorite in that game. Oh my God, dude, you talk about overreaction Monday. Like if Fields looks amazing and he gets his first win ever against Green Bay and outduels Jordan Love, it's going to feel like the Bears are 3-0. I love Conversely, that. Conversely, if Jordan Love outduels Fields, you're going to feel like you're doomed to eternity. It It is going to be like apocalyptic high cinder blocks to your ankles and jump into Lake yeah. Michigan time. Like th- there is going to be so much pressure on week one for the bears and Justin Fields as a real favorite in that game against the first time that the Packers haven't had a first ballot hall of famer at quarterback in literally 30 years. Uh, that I just thought that that was a wild spot. And then they've got a lot of weird things with their schedule in terms of rest with two Thursday games, Washington and Carolina, and then a really late bye. Like they didn't get a bye before a Thursday game. Um, so they just have like, they basically have two mini buys and a full buy, but two four day turnarounds. So yeah. it's going to be like a very helter skelter schedule in terms of the breaks. And then the last little Bears note that I had was uh, they have a stretch of four out of five road games, which is the worst the NFL will do to you uh, in the middle of the season before the bye. In L.A. against the Chargers, in New Orleans, quick turn. So, like, 
quick turnaround then to a Thursday game at home. So on the road before a Thursday game. And who is it at home? Carolina is at home. Yeah. Then then in Detroit and in Minnesota. Uh, that is rough. That yeah. looks like one. That looks like two and three at best right there. Yeah, just a, a, a really, real. So like, so three of those five games are national TV, a Sunday night, a Thursday night, and a Monday night. Um, and four of the five on the road with the buy on the back end of it instead of breaking it up. So just a, yeah. a really, really tough week eight through 12 for the Bears. I'll do the Steelers then. And I think it's about taking the momentum at the end of the end of last year when you went from two and six to nine and eight and the bottling it up and carrying it over into 2023. So does the schedule allow for that? Week one, it's the Niners at home. Now, that might feel like a punch in the face, but I think it's the best time to play them. It's a time zone game, so it's a 10 a.m. local start for them. We have no clue what the quarterback's going to be. It'll be Darnold or Lance. You saw Lance in week one last year. Now, it was a total monsoon, and the weather factored into it, but... It's going to be a huge rust game for him if he plays against a d- defense that forced five Burrow turnovers in week one last year and one in Cincinnati. So you know that the defense for the Steelers will get fired up because they'll hear for three months that here comes the greatest offensive mastermind ever in Kyle Shanahan and guys like Mike Tomlin and Cam Hayward and TJ Watt will take that personally. So I love them in that spot to start the year. Then it's Cleveland at home on Monday Night Football. That'll be a madhouse. I mentioned the Vegas game on the road in week three. Then at Houston in week four. So you're dealing with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback in the first month of their relationship. And then week five is at home against Baltimore. And Lamar Jackson is stunk against the Steelers. He's one and two all time against them with way more interceptions and fumbles than touchdowns. You mean so, in Pittsburgh? No, I mean period. One and two? Yes. He started three games against them in his career. Really? I yes. didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> just and the only, guys? the only game he won, Roethlisberger was out. Mason Rudolph got knocked out of the game. They didn't have a cart because it broke. So he had his face mask taken off and they had to carry him out of the stadium. And Duck Hodges came in, who, by the way, is now dating Laney Wilson. Congratulations on all his success. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Good for him. And uh, Marlon Humphrey forced a fumble on Juju in overtime to win that game. That's the only time he's won here. Won against them, period. And he needed to do it against a third-string quarterback in overtime. So, I feel very good about the Steelers getting off to a hot start. It's the back end of the schedule that could be problematic for them. I'll just uh, postscript the Packers since I mentioned a little bit about the statement opportunity against the Bears uh, in week one. Two things, still a ton of love for the brand that is the Green Bay Packers. Pick to finish fourth, uh, Jordan Love, uncertainty, six primetime games. So so just maxed out on the Packers. Just banking on Lambo night, the mm-hmm. fan base, all of that stuff. But I will say, um, as good of a start to a schedule as you could possibly ask for if you're Jordan Love, eight of your first nine games 
are against teams that were not in the playoffs last year. Wow. So, you know, again, some of those teams will make the playoffs and in Soldier Field to open is not going to be an easy environment, right? Like they're not all easy games, but in terms of like, they shouldn't be a huge dog in any of the games early on. Like he he should have a competitive chance yeah. to get his feet under him they're, as a starter. They're a very tricky team for me this year, man. That whole division is, I see it very, very close together, all four teams. I'm not buying into Detroit being head and shoulders better than everyone. Detroit to me is the NFC version of the Browns where whenever there's big expectations, they lay a stinker. And so the history of Green Bay and the tradition of the team and the quarterback uh, succession plan that has worked for them, that does weigh on me. And that start makes me think they can win, bank maybe five or six wins and just try to eke out nine by the end of the year and make the playoffs. The AFC equivalent of what you're talking about, a team where like, wait, we still have to watch this team over and over again? Are you kidding me? Denver. So I went and looked this up. You ready? Are you ready for more Denver? Yeah, well, see, here's the thing, man. I enjoy watching the car crash in the NASCAR race. Like, Well, you're going to – I'm okay with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, what the hell's going on there as an experiment. Really? You like those those Thursday night games where Al Michaels, probably the bitch fest, prompted this change that we got where we were watching them score three points? I'm I'm just saying I'm interested. Okay. Like it, might, it might be unwatchable, but I found some, well, some real humor in it. Here's the stretch. Week six at Kansas City, Thursday night football. Week seven, Green Bay, 325, CBS. Week eight, again, Kansas City, 325 Central, CBS. Bye. And then week 10 at Buffalo, Monday night football. Oof. Week 11, Vikings Sunday night football. Oh, that's a bad game. <laughs> you've got that's a bad game. You've got in this from week six to week eleven, they're in prime time three times. So half of the prime time spots. Can we Broncos just pencil games. in? Because we always record this after Sunday night football. Can we just pencil in like doing that in the third quarter? Early. Can you flex them out that early? Is week 11 a flex out possibility? I th- Dude, honestly, from memory, I want to say it was like week 12, but to week 17 for the flex because there's no night game, right? The last game. Denver, but- Minnesota seems like it has the potential to be a game that they say, get the hell out of here. Yeah, that is, that is brutal. All right, well, speaking of Minnesota, I, I had very, very little uh, on them. But they're such an obvious regression team yeah. based on, you know, the point differential and the record and the worst 13-win team and all of that. How about this? Chiefs, Eagles, Chargers are three of their first five. They are going to be boat raced early. Where like, are those games? Um, Excellent follow-up question by you. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll have it in two seconds. Wait a minute. Is Spencer telling us that Christmas Eve is a Patriots-Broncos night game, too? Oh, God. <laughs> but, like, okay. Haven't we suffered enough at that point? We've got to watch that shit show? Well, we can in at a, least... We in can, a standalone we can, window? 
we can ignore. We can just, you know, family. No. It's you no. Know I'm saying ignore the football for family. No, I don't. I'd, 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 I would much rather have that <laughs> cover up for the awkwardness that is having nothing to entertain me with family uh, over. Yeah, no, yeah. So that's, that's a pretty brutal one. Uh, all right, so Philly is on the road. Okay. Oh God, and it's a quick turnaround. Week it's a two, Thursday nighter, right? Week week two, Philly Thursday night. Uh, Chargers is at home. Chiefs is at home. Okay. So they're going to get destroyed by Philly again, and they're if they're lucky, they'll be competitive in one of the other two games. Yeah, if if they're if they're very lucky. My team or yours? Who's next? I'm next. Go ahead. So you just mentioned something about Minnesota and how there's a spot for them where things can get maybe really ugly early. How about the Mac Jones meter in in Boston with the Patriots? Tell me if this sounds like Mac Jones is getting thrown right into the fire. Week one, Philly at home. Week two, Miami at home. Sunday night football, Brady comes back to Boston. That's the game he gets honored at. Week three, at the Jets. Week four, at the Cowboys. Bro, it might be Bailey Zappi time by October 1st. Oh, yeah, they're 0-4 there. For sure. That is, yeah, that is, that is as brutal as They did that dude no favors. Well, he doesn't deserve any. I think by win percentage from last year, the Patriots have the toughest schedule in the NFL this year. And that first quarter of the season backs that up. Which is not good for a quarterback with a new offensive coordinator who is in a piss or get off the pot situation. And it almost feel like it almost feels like his coach is looking for an opportunity to bench him right now. Uh, tied with the third toughest. Okay. Philly is the toughest, Miami second, and then Giants, Patriots, Cowboys. Uh all their their opponents had a 549 win percentage from okay. from from last year. So, pretty brutal. Um who's the next team? Oh, uh all right, so the Bucks. I don't have much for you here other than when I saw that Arizona had no primetime games, I was like, oh, Tampa clearly has to have no primetime games. And then I saw that they have two primetime games, and I was appalled, but it's Philly and Buffalo. So, so they're, this, they're there to be the sacrificial lamb. They're the dance partner. Correct. Correct. They are – we may as well – you know, the 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 mark, two of the five marquee teams in the league get drafted by these networks, but they have to take shitty games. So – Tampa is going to have some uh, very lopsided games, but we don't have to watch them most of the time. I think the Bills have a really pivotal stretch starting in week 11 that ends in week 15 where last year it seemed like they peaked around the halfway point of the season and the elbow thing happened with Josh Allen and they lost the game in New York against the Jets. And they had a rally against Detroit on Thanksgiving and Diggs was going at it on the sideline with the coaches and stuff. I think that stretch that is going to define the Bills this year is week 11 at home against the Jets, week 12 at Philly, 
bye week, week 14 at Kansas City, and then week 15 Dallas. So they play at Philly and at Kansas City back-to-back games with a very late bye in between to to break that up, which it almost feels like the schedule maker said, if we're going to make them play Philly and Kansas City both on the road in back-to-back weeks, let's make them the late bye week team. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, it probably isn't. That's, I mean, man, that's, I don't get why people crap on NFL schedule release day. This is awesome. I know. It's, it's so what people plan their road trips. I was aroused when I was breaking scheduling news today. It was like a high. And I tried to explain it to my wife and it really didn't, it kind of fell on deaf ears. But I'm happy that I'm Why are you engorged? Yes. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I, I live for this day. I absolutely love it. I had a horrible day because I was just all day getting skewered by everyone. Did you see the graphic my station put together? Was it Danny's schedule and there was like no games on it? Was it something? And it was like a, it was on a it was on a tombstone. Love it. They said it was it was very mean. First they honor Lawrence Holmes. Now they do that to you. Keep it up. 670, the score. Very mean-spirited. Your New York football Giants, with the third toughest opponent win percentage of any team in the league, we need them to suck for our Christmas. Them or the Raiders. Chiefs-Raiders is the early game that infringes on Christmas morning, especially depending on what time zone you're in. And then Giants-Eagles is at 3.30. I don't want close games on Christmas. Why? Frankly, I don't even really like that the NFL is playing on Christmas. Why? Everybody's home. Everybody's chilling out. It's it's for kids and toys and presents. And, like, a regular season NBA game is great. Because it feels like that's when the NBA really starts. But it is still just one of 82. So, like, the outcome isn't that significant. Like, a, a good NBA game is perfect background. In the regular season, I, I care about every NFL game that I watch. I I, I don't like being the distracted guy uh, on on Christmas, and I'm going to be distracted, especially I'll, during Chiefs Raiders. So I, I need I need Giants Eagles to be a laugher. So that well, that was my. I'll have to get back to you when our daughter's born, because that'll be her first Christmas, and maybe you can check in with me at some point and no. say, "Hey, man, you still like that Christmas?" No, she'll schedule. be a, she'll be too young. She won't. She's not open in presence yet. She's not like aware of what's going on. But Owen, like you know, he sets out cookies for Santa. He opens his presents. He opens his little. He wants you to help him play with his presents for his first time and whatnot. I you got to assemble the stuff right away. It's a it's a whole thing. So I can't have close games all Christmas Day. I just can't do it. How about speaking of? You said suck. Yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Nice out of you. Yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> I was trying to figure out their pre trade deadline record because Derrick Henry, we saw what happened with Christian McCaffrey last year. So, what do they have to do before the week eight trade deadline to keep convince themselves that keeping Derrick Henry is the right decision? They open at New Orleans. I'll take the Saints. They play the Chargers at home next. They go to Cleveland after that. 
I think they'll win one of those two games that puts them at one and two. They go, they host Cincinnati after that, one and three. They go to Indianapolis after that. Even if I have them winning that game, they're still two and three. Then they have to go to London to play Baltimore. I think we're probably looking at a two and four start. And then they have a bye week. So at two and four in a bad division, do they trade Derrick Henry? They should. But you and I also repeatedly underestimate this team. They'll be five and one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'll be five and one. Derrick Henry will have nine touchdowns through six weeks. He'll be the number one point scorer in fantasy football. And I'll just be wildly bitter about the entire operation. All right. What, in all seriousness, though, quickly, what would be the record where you would even say to them, do not trade him? Is there a record? Or are you just... No, man. If, if you can get premium assets for a running back and you are not in anywhere near a Super Bowl window, get the premium assets. That just feels very obvious to me. But I think if they have a winning record, they won't do it. I think three and three, they probably still would. But that would aggravate a lot of their fans to throw in the towel in a bad division with a 500 record, but they should. All right, we're we're coming up on where like the real diehards are are still listening to this. So shout out to Nick Wright and hopefully a few other people. Again, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review. Um, so I got three teams left: Niners, Seahawks, and Rams. I I'm mad at myself for leaving the Niners for this late, but this is like a a broadcast dorky thing here. Do you think that this was the number one pick by Fox? Because I was shocked that week 13, Niners-Eagles, NFC Championship game rematch was not an Islands game. Was not a Sunday night or a Monday night game. 425? Yeah, it's a 425 on Fox game, which is awesome. And it'll be a huge draw and it'll do a huge number. But it still will compete with people watching Red Zone and a couple of other games that week. Dude, this is arguably the single most interesting game on the entire NFL schedule because all the Niners did was talk shit on Philly for we would have won the NFC championship if we had a single player who could throw the ball forward. Yeah. And I love that it's late in the year because in theory, the Niners should have their, their quarterback situation figured out. Uh, And a lot of people in San Francisco seem to be saying that it's going to be Brock Purdy for 17 games again, which blows my mind. But that's the word that's coming out of there right now. Wait, the word is he's going to be ready in week one? That's what they're talking about, man. Yes. All they talked about like a month ago was that there was no chance that he had surgery late. I, I know. I read it today on ESPN and we had Mark Willard on for a minute today to answer a Warriors question for us. And then I just asked him that and he was like, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy over Trey Lance for sure. Week one. Oh, uh, God, I hope that happens. Me me too. Because I want Pickett to friggin' bury that guy in week one. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> but could you? I, I was just very surprised that this game, they made us wait this long and that it was n- not buried, but that it's not, a, that it's not an island game. I was very surprised. And they put Cowboys and 49ers in prime time for the first time in something like 20 years. That hasn't happened in forever, which I was that boggled my mind. Uh, that those two historic teams haven't met in a primetime game in so long. That it, uh, the the inverse of that is uh, 
it's the first time in over a decade that neither Bears Packers game is a night game. Hmm. Three twenty five and and uh, and a two be determined for for week eighteen. Well, late games. You want a team that has a loaded late game schedule where they've got games down the stretch that are going to garner a lot of attention. How about Miami? Miami's last four games, three of them are at home. Jets, Cowboys, at Ravens, and the Bills. Jets, Cowboys, at Ravens, and Bills. Uh, That's great that those teams get late season games in Miami. I'm talking about the Jets and Bills specifically. Teams that want to throw the ball that are going to get bonus games late in the year where they're not hosting, like Buffalo's not playing Miami, you could say, oh, the Bills want to play the Dolphins at home in December. Well, I'm not sure about that. With the way they play, they'd probably rather have the bonus good weather game late in the year because that's what they do best. They're not like built to play. It's weird. The Bills aren't built to win in Western New York. They're no, but Josh Allen loves like it, and his arm, he talks about his arm strength being a weapon there. And well, they look like it be... against Skylar Thompson. No, I know, or, or Cincinnati. And he, yeah, uh, that's a tough one because, like, early games in Miami, you've got to deal with the humidity, which people say is like an advantage for the Dolphins. And then that's what think... I mean. I think that they'd rather, like, it was last year. Yeah, I think they'd rather play the Bills. I think if they're going to pick, what's a bigger disadvantage? Go into Buffalo late in the season or bigger advantage to play them early at home, I think they'd want the home game. Let them yeah. suck wind and cramp up. Yep, that's probably right. That's probably right. Um, For the Rams, brutal start, man. Like, if they're going to bounce back and be real, in Seattle week one, not, a, not an easy place to play, home opener against the Niners, who that will be a home game for the Niners, in Cincy on Monday night, in Indy, not a tough opponent, but another road game, and then home against Philly in their in their first five games. So I know Seattle on paper isn't a juggernaut and Indy isn't a juggernaut, but those are both road games. Like that that's that easily could be one and four. So I'm buying stock in them. I really am. I'm liking the Rams. The more well, and more if you're time if you're goes liking by. the Rams, they are going to need to either beat really good teams or win road games yeah. early, or else they will be in a hole to start the I season. I trust them. Okay. With all the offensive line changes that happened last year, Cup coming back, Stafford yep. coming back, the coach. Everyone seems to be quickly out on the coach. I'm not. I think that McVay bounces back this year. I'll do the other LA team. You want to talk about how a franchise with no fans still is relevant? It's with a quarterback that everybody loves to watch. Because from week six to week nine, they are in prime time three times. Week six against Dallas. The game they're not is at Kansas City in week seven. And then week eight against your Bears is Sunday night football. And week nine against the Jets is Monday night football. It's a really interesting thing to me that the networks decide, well, we know we're not going to get a Chargers 
fan turnout for these primetime games. It's not like what you said with Green Bay. You put them on TV at night, everybody wants to watch them because they're the Packers. Same thing with the Cowboys. But they make for a compelling TV draw because of who their quarterback is. You know, like... And just the style of play, like which yeah. is which is tied to the quarterback. But yeah, that's that's right. I love watching Chargers games, and it's shocking I haven't bet them yet because I bet them every year. <laughs> There's no team I've sunk more money into than the Chargers because I'm I guess square and public. And are you going to be doing it with me again this year, my friend? Probably. We year. both picked them to win the Super Bowl last year and yeah. look like complete idiots. That's right. First in pod, subscribe rate review. Um, I have one more left. Do you have one more? I have one more. And it was the weirdest schedule I looked at. The Seattle Seahawks. A week five bye. On one of the teams that play two Thursday games. But their Thursday games are back-to-back. Dude, they play the, the, the Niners on Thanksgiving. And then play the Cowboys the following week. Back-to-back Thursday night games. And four of their games start at 10 a.m. local time. That that is a wild schedule. I think the Cowboys might have done that last year where they played on Thursday night football after or before Thanksgiving. I think it's because they, for some reason, like don't count Thanksgiving, you know, as a Thursday night game, obviously, because they're, they're not all night games. But, I mean... Like, like, I didn't do, like, a full forensic analysis of the entire league. Mm-hmm. But that is a really weird schedule. Yeah. So, I don't know if Seahawks fans are pissed about it. But I would that would strike me as unfair on some level. Who's your team? So, my last team is the Browns. And I'm wondering about Deshaun Watson. So what is Deshaun Watson dealing with when the season opens? Does he have an opportunity to put up some numbers, to start feeling good about himself, to get on a roll? Or is it the opposite where things are tough at the start and lingering questions about his struggles and all his time off reappear? Week one is the Bengals. Week two is at the Steelers. Week three is home against the Titans. Week four is the Ravens at home. Week five is a bye. And then week six is the Niners. So they play three of their first four games against AFC North teams. And then they have an early bye. And then they have to play the Niners. I mean, it really is for him. Wow. Right off the bat here in September, you're playing three division games. They don't. Like, you might lose your margin for error in the division right there with him. Conversely, he can maybe go two and one of those games and, okay, now the Browns are a very trendy team to make the playoffs. I guess my point is we might have our answer on Deshaun Watson by Columbus Day. I think we were going to feel that way anyway, man. There might not be more pressure on any single player in the league to look good week one than Deshaun Watson. I think we probably were going to say that regardless of the draw of their schedule. And like your your point is well taken, 
But that's a lot of division games at the beginning of the year. I don't see many teams that have their schedule stacked up that way. No, you're right. You're you're right. Most teams, there's a lot of division games to start and obviously everyone ends with it, but not, not three of six. No, we went three over, of four. Three of four. Three of four, excuse me. We went over an hour on the schedule. We're the best. Yeah, I mean, who's better than us? Honestly. Nobody. That's All right, I'm. Danny, I have no clue what we're going to do next week, and I hope that's a compelling tease for people because you can expect the unexpected. That's right. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Thanks to Spencer Ray. First and pod. Peace. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.